You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron here in the Cobblebacker Group One Realty Studio in West Merle alongside Kevo this morning. What up, Kevo? What's up, Doc? Not a lot. Funny. It's early, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not usually. But, but you know, the the gift to everybody that's hungover after a, a uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend yeah. in Final Four is me lively and loud. And, that's good. Yeah, isn't that just wonderful for them? I hope you're ready to bring it over the course I'm of ready, the next uh, two it. hours. We could certainly use some help from the listeners out there. You can hit us up on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. That number, of course, is... 888-993-7762. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. Plenty to discuss from a memorable weekend. And we start, of course, with March Madness. And once again, it lived up to March Madness. Didn't it, though? I've never... It, it, March Madness is, is just an understatement. I, I filled out a bracket. Did you fill out a bracket? I tried to. Yeah, oh, well. Yeah, it was like fourth game. My bracket was – I mean, I'm not good at it anyway, but uh, – I, and I told you this before the show started, and we're going to jump around, I know, but yeah. I've decided that all Ohio sports fans, pro, college, doesn't matter what it is, if you're a fan of Ohio sports, you know what you've given up for Lent? Hope. <laughs> you've just absolutely – there's no hope to being an Ohio sports fan. It, it's it's just in shambles right mm. Uh, different storylines with this tournament. Of course, we start with the upsets. And, of course, you look at what is left of the Sweet 16 and just some historical numbers with the teams that are left. Uh, mm-hmm. For the first time, you got a pair of number nine teams that are in the Sweet 16, that being Kansas State and Florida State. The biggest stat, though, is being in that south region is there is not a top four seed remaining. That is the first time since the seeding took place in 1979 that there has been a region that has not had a top four seed left this early in the tournament. Uh, and it's like, uh, and I had it in front of me here a second, but it's like a five and seven, seven and nine, mm-hmm. seven and 11. I mean, it, it's that's never happened before. Yeah. One of those are guaranteed to get into the Elite A. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, that's what the uh, Kansas State, Kentucky, Loyola of Illinois, if you had them in your uh, Sweet 16, congratulations. And, of course, Nevada. And now everybody's looking at Kentucky in that region. It's like, oh, yeah. In fact, uh, ESPN.com has the probability now of Kentucky advancing or winning the the championship game at 11%. 11%. And, Aaron, do you know, offhand, what did they start out? What was their percentage start out? I mean, was it? I can find it. I mean, it was just astronomically. I mean, I think almost, what was it, 92 or 94% had Virginia – advance it to the next round mm-hmm. so the minute that happened everything just went yeah as soon as virginia lost of course to the the story of the tournament until la- last night the uh, retrievers a whopping 99.4 percent of the brackets in the cbs sports poll or a uh, bracket contest had of course virginia advancing into the second round and not losing to that squad yeah the question is is, is and i'd love to hear your uh, input on the and our listeners of course what was the biggest upset? Was it UMBC over Virginia, or was it the 22-point comeback yeah. from Nevada over Cincinnati? 
Yeah, and that was a huge storyline, of course, yesterday. Nevada down by 22 with less than uh, 11 minutes to go. And then they fire on a 32-8 uh, to eight run to come back to win to that ballgame. It, it was just, I, so I had the pleasure of uh, – wife and I went to a movie right after church. And all we could think about was we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And so I had the pleasure of getting home and, and watching that. And both of us just sit there on the bedroom floor, stunned. Mm-hmm. We're both stunned. I mean, when it was twenty-two, when they were up at twenty-two, we had then got up and we're fixing lunch and a late dinner, and you know, and, and it just, yeah, it all unraveled. Uh, several huge upsets, including, of course, the uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Uh, it was the storyline, and then, of course, they give them the prime time coverage last night, Kevo. And uh, you're looking, could the magic continue? Could the run continue? I know, and and then somebody had said, you know. Uh, well, it was a fact. I didn't know this, but a number sixteen seed had never lost mm-hmm. in that round. Yeah. So UMBC did two things because uh, they uh, never that, played in that round. R- right. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly right. You know. So, but they had done two things there. I mean, you, you know, first sixteen seed to beat a one, and then first sixteen seed to lose yeah. in that. You know, I love awkward moments in press conferences. I know and, you do. and there was one, of course, with the University of Maryland, Baltimore County players. And it, well, it actually had to do with the Virginia players. They're sitting up there. Of course, they're distraught after an epic and historic loss. And the reporter said, are you aware that a 16 has never beaten a one? And the, the kid just says, yeah, thanks for reminding me there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> but what else are you going to say? I mean, yeah. I mean they, I'm sure they know that, yeah. Uh, I love the fact that the way that that school tried to capitalize, of course, and right away I know that they tried to trademark Retriever Nation, Retrievers, 16 over 1. And the the thing that I found the, the most outstanding or in, most incredible in terms of them out there uh, with their merchandise is their bookstore reportedly in that 24-hour period following that epic upset, they sold more gear than they had sold in the entire previous yeah. year. Imagine that. <laughs> what was it? UMBC, they tweeted out, hey, guys, don't all go looking at our page at one time. Yeah. Their server got yeah. overloaded yeah. in the hour after. And we, if we get time later on, we'll go through their Twitter page. And just whoever's running their Twitter page throughout the uh, game, uh, well done. Very Taking well done. shots. So, but that story has come to an end as they fall last night. Yeah, they fell. But, you know, they looked so good. They they did for three quarters of that game. They really, really did. They hung in there, and I kept thinking, this may happen. I mean, they may pull this off. And then the final five, six minutes, it, it unraveled. Uh, I spent the weekend down in uh, New Orleans, and I we stayed at an Airbnb, which was an outstanding. It was uptown. It was yeah. very beautiful. It was great, wasn't it? So that we, as soon as yeah. we arrive on uh, Thursday, I'm looking around. I was like, oh, yeah, this is gorgeous. You know, it's old, historic. And then I tell the wife, uh, there's only one problem. Wait, wait, wait. But you're a sports guy through <laughs> yes. and through, right? And it's one of the biggest weekends of the year. And so what was it missing? A uh, TV. <laughs> See, there's an issue right there. I may would have went somewhere, bought a TV, and took it back into the weekend. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Kevin, how would you have handled that situation? I would have freaked. I'm telling you. and my, But I don't know because – that. Evidently, the person that booked that room, and they didn't see anything yeah. that said, "Hey, there are no televisions in here, etc." I don't know how I would have handled that. <laughs> we took our granddaughter to Dallas, where a lot of these games were happening yeah. over the weekend. And the first thing I did when I walked in the hotel it's was turn on. on that television. Yes. Yeah, so 
I don't know how I would have handled that. Yeah, it made it interesting to say the least. Yeah, I can imagine. And then, of course, uh, maybe this is why my phone went dead again. For the second trip in the last month to New Orleans, and I'm heading home and the phone does not work and will not recharge. Maybe maybe somebody's trying to tell you Send something about your New Quit Orleans trip. going to the Big Easy. Yeah, maybe, maybe somebody's <laughs> trying to tell you that. Uh, we talk about the big weekends from the weekend. We start with that 16 over number one. And then, of course, uh, how about Buffalo? Over Arizona and Arizona, and of course, just the disastrous year that they had on and off the court. It continued with Buffalo uh, ending their title dreams. Again, I, I want you to know over the weekend, I'm still shocked. We, we've sit there talking about it pre show. We talked about it all weekend. Every time you say these team names, mm-hmm. I just think this can't be real. I mean, this Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Buffalo is it's just crazy. Uh, Wichita State, a number four seed, losing to uh, Marshall, a number 13 seed, which uh, was good for Conference USA. Yeah, very good. Marshall's first time in 30 years making it to the tournament. Uh, yeah, very good. And, and then I thought to myself, well, they may. I mean, Marshall may just – they were looking – they weren't looking bad against um, – let's – I forget. Who mm-hmm. they, yeah, they weren't looking bad against them either. But then. Uh, Loyola, Chicago, that's the story that continues as a number 11 seed. They start with that uh, – they get the win versus Miami. Then they follow that up with a win versus Tennessee. They're still in the Sweet 16. And I expected Tennessee – yeah, there's, there, there, the, the, Tennessee's one of those teams I expected. I had them further in on mm-hmm. my bracket than – I had them making it to the Elite Eight, and it's all screwed up. And then a traditional program like Syracuse, and they're basically the final team in. They go from playing in the first four as a number 11 seed, and they take care of business versus Michigan State. So many terrific storylines. But, Kevo, how many times have we seen it when you mention a Cinderella story? They win that first game, and, of course, they have to turn around short notice, turn around and figure out a way to win the second game. And, of course, they're unable to get it done. And, 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 you know, we talked about this yesterday. I'm not sure what it is. I mean, it's just the bottom line is, is it just seems like – I don't want to take nothing away from these small schools. It's amazing what they do. Mm. I mean, it, it is – it's inspirational. But these – I don't – they're not flukes. But I think these big teams, they just – they believe the hype and they don't show up. Mm. And then I believe when a Cinderella knocks knocks one off, I believe other teams jump up and pay attention. And well, with the exception of North Carolina, they didn't pay attention. Mm. They didn't pay attention at all. Mm. Uh, we'll tell you that our, our Airbnb, when we arrived, I thought it was kind of a fascinating. Uh, two homes right by us were flying Virginia flags. By the end of the weekend, wow. there was just one home flying a Virginia flag. They were at half mass. <laughs> yes. They just took the other one, took it down. Yeah, I, so I was wondering if it. the other one, if perhaps they were out of town for the weekend, or maybe they didn't have a TV <laughs> either. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're out of town. They didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, your biggest takeaway from the weekend? Hit us up at eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline slash Text Line. A lot of different great storylines, some of them centered around basketball, and of course now we get to kind of regroup until Thursday, or perhaps we can jump into the WNIT if you're all in to uh, LSU versus Utah tonight. I, I, I'm into that. Mm. Uh, yeah, definitely want to see LSU. I want to see Will Wade make it through that tournament no matter what. Yeah, 
I saw the Mississippi State game. Did you watch that? Or, well, no, you didn't. you didn't. That was mean. You didn't even have a – never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, the, you didn't this, have a TV. This <laughs> matchup certainly doesn't have the intrigue or the sizzle, though, that first-round ma- first matchup in the WNIT. Oh, no. No, definitely no way about it. But I, for some reason, I, I'm tuning into this game. I want to see this. Mm. Yeah. What I did find a little interesting over the weekend, of course, uh, Will Wade having to backpedal perhaps just a little bit with his comments about a LSU schedule, it kind of heard rumblings and rumors that this was the case that uh, LSU had actually had ULM scheduled for next year, and that is the case. It, uh, it's official now: the Tigers versus the Warhawks next year. Why is this uh, noteworthy? Besides the fact you got them playing an in-state school, that had a lot to do with what Will Wade said following that ULL game, and of course uh, commenting on the strength of schedule and how it wouldn't be beneficial for LSU to play the Cajuns but then they turn around and book and schedule ULM for next year. And for ULM, it's a home run, right? The dollars is... Uh, 80 uh, grand. The, uh, small school like ours, they need every penny of that 80 grand. Good Cookie for the says uh, Friday night, I didn't know what a golden retriever was except for a dog. I, and I was responding back to you, Cookie. Uh, neither did I. I had to Google UMBC. I mean, when I saw it, I was like, what, what, is, what is this? Uh, and yeah, I had to Google, yeah. Uh, continue That's to hit us up, 888-993-7762. Do you love March Madness? Do you love uh, when a, a 15, or in this case, the first time ever, a 16 pulls the huge upset? Oh, gosh, yeah. This is, I mean, I I, I root for underdogs almost constantly. Uh, you know, not when it's, when it's a game that my team's not a part of. I always want the little guy to win, always. Do we rank that up there as one of the greatest upsets in sports history? I, how could you not? I, I don't see how we couldn't. Uh. I think it's got to be here. It, it was absolutely stunning. And not just the way that they win, but the way they do it in convincing fashion. Uh, yeah, we're, yeah, we're talking double digits. It was ugly. Virginia just did not show up. Virginia and Auburn both have, have given the worst performances I've seen thus far. I just neither one of them knew there was a game going on, evidently. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Aaron Kevo hanging out on this Monday morning, breaking down what was an improbable weekend in the NCAA tournament. Of course, there were a lot of other storylines, and we will certainly get to them over the course of the next two hours. If you want to direct this conversation the way you want it to be pointed in, you can hit us up at 888-993-7777. Six two, Kevo. You look at the the Sweet Sixteen and what we have left. You look at the one region with Kansas State, Kentucky, Loyola of Illinois, and Nevada. We mentioned the fact that there is not a top four seed remaining in that. So everybody looks at it and figures, well, Kentucky's got the best route now, correct? Yeah, I don't know how we couldn't think that. Yeah, I, I bet if we try to bracket right now, we would just get it all screwed up. I love this uh, ESPN probability thing, and they try to do some of the work for you. They've got Kentucky's chances of winning the tournament now at 11%, 30% of the chance that they'll make it to the finals. Of course, uh, on the other side of that region, you have Loyola of Illinois. I mean, who ever thought they'd be in the Sweet 16? Uh, well, now they have less than 1% chance of winning the tournament, but at least they still got a chance. There's still a chance. And uh, Nevada, I mean, you look at the number of transfers that they brought in this year and then what they did against uh, Cincinnati, a number two seed, and they dig themselves that huge hole. They still have uh, now less than 1% of a chance, according to ESPN's probabilities. 
You know, the interesting thing about we, we were reading, uh, and some of our listeners may not know this, we were, you and I were reading about Loyola Chicago, yeah. and, and this year during the tournament, Sister Jean is their, I don't want to say mascot, it's not a good word, but their hype woman, if you will, <laughs> and she is a 98-year-old Can nun. you use hype woman and 98 in the I, same thing? I, I, don't, I don't know what else, I mean, that's, that's um, 98 years old, but whatever it's working, it's working. Mm. I, I'd keep her with whatever she wants, she can get. Well, it's either going to be a seven seed Nevada or an 11 seed Loyola Chicago that's going to be in the lead eight. Uh, is that yeah. good for basketball? A lot of the people say, yeah, we all love, you know, of course, these Cinderella stories early on, but ultimately for TV ratings and other things, uh, we need the, the big names, the blue bloods to, to advance into the lead eights, the final fours. I guess. I guess I see that. I see both sides of that. I, I, you know, I tune in because I can't wait to see what Loyola Chicago is going to do next. I can't wait to see if if uh, uh, Nevada is going to continue that run. I mean, so I tune in for that. But it's always good when traditional powers. I mean, it is always good for UNC and and Virginia. Yeah, it's good for those big number one teams being there. That is the South region in the West region. You have number nine, uh, Florida State versus Gonzaga. You have number three, Michigan versus Texas A&M, and you look at this Aggie squad. Uh, they have been on a roller coaster ride throughout the year, but they're still alive. Uh, ESPN probabilities now of them having at a 14% chance of making it to the final game and 5% chance of winning it. Uh, Michigan, 5%, 14, same odds. Of course, they will be up against the Aggies. Uh, Gonzaga, 8% chance now of winning a national championship. Florida State at 1%. You got Florida State versus Gonzaga in a Sweet 16 matchup. I, as you read these off, do you already know in your head who you're taking in these games? Well, I think if you go to the East and you look at uh, Villanova and their chances now of winning a national championship, uh, they are the favorites at 22%. They've got a matchup against uh, West Virginia in the Sweet 16. Texas right. Tech. How about the story with Texas Tech and Chris Beard? Uh, I mean, right. Texas Tech and Purdue, isn't this the only two teams that you would think we're kind of scheduled to be here. Mm -hmm. that, that's, I mean, I would think that would be it. Uh, but, yeah, hell of a story. Two, that is your number two versus number three matchup in the East region. Yeah, and then I, it, it's just wild for me when I look at this again. And, and 11 against two, and then you go up here 11 against seven and nine against – it just – it's 2010, eight teams. Uh, we've got nine teams – Ranked here, that it's been since 2010 since this has happened. It's it's just nobody expected this. Uh, the Midwest region, of course, uh, that's where you got some blue bloods. You got Kansas uh, right now at 11 percent chance of winning a national championship. They'll have a matchup versus Clemson in the uh, Sweet 16. Syracuse as the number 11 seed, of course, if not the last team to get in, but they're still alive. They're still dancing in the Sweet 16. They got the matchup versus Duke. Duke's chances of now winning uh, the championship at 18 percent 25 percent that they'll make it to the final game so if you love uh, these traditional powers you get it with syracuse and duke I, yeah well in in kentucky it's no it's just weird i mean you know on valentine's day kentucky had lost four games in a row mm -hmm. and now we're sitting here and and what would the probability villanova uh, kentucky somewhere you know you think kentucky's got a good chance mm -hmm. of it's just what I've never seen anything like it. Uh, so then, of course, you get all kinds of people that say, well, that they called it. It was in their bracket. 
And if you saw the story, really? uh, Lane Kiffin, of course, uh, the ultimate troll, he's on Twitter. He, uh, he supposedly, and he tweets out a, a picture of him calling the victory of University of Maryland, Baltimore County over Virginia. I, I didn't see that, Lane. I, uh, I'm going to have to go to Twitter and look at that. And, and maybe he did. I mean, I, I'm sure somebody out there somewhere said, hey, it would not shock me if – I'm sure somebody said it, but us people that – yeah, we're idiots. I, I don't know what I'm doing. But you looked after the uh, first round, of course, after that upset. And I, I did not see uh, ESPN's uh, bracket challenge, but uh, CBS Sports, uh, their challenge said that uh, there was not a sole bracket still uh, perfect right. after the first round. Right, yeah. I, I saw zero brackets. Right, you know. Hey, real quick, Hogan texted in and said, Sister Jean has her Loyola Chicago team losing in the Sweet 16 on her bracket. Mm. And the players found out. Mm. Uh, she is an amazing person. That comes from uh, John D. Hogan there. Appreciate the text, John. Uh, other headlines from the, the weekend, and we stay on the national scene. And I know you were trying to flip back and forth or at least try to monitor the situation and what this means for golf as uh, Tiger Woods makes another run at it on a Sunday but ultimately falls up a little short. Yeah, It's funny uh, because last weekend, you know, the Tiger finished in second. And he's, yeah. It is – I know y'all talked about it, but it is golf is better and it's 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 more relevant when Tiger is somehow some way matched in this thing. Mm-hmm. It's just better. It's something about seeing that red shirt out there that just makes you want to watch it. I was reading the comments about it from Mac Rory McIlroy heading into the weekend, and he was talking about the fans and they need to limit the booze and the the, the amount of us you know yelling and screaming on the golf course. And I'm thinking, oh, this isn't going to work out for Rory as the crowd and the galleries will not respond well to him. He was complaining about them, of course, yelling his wife's name out. And then Rory goes out, and he wins the tournament, and he does it in dramatic fashion. Yeah, I, yeah, I have I have such mixed – I've never been to a live mm. golf event like that. And, and, and I understand golf is more quiet and cla- – it's supposed to be quiet and class and this and the other, but – Nonetheless, there's still fans out there. And as long as they don't get idiotic and physical, just let them be fans. Other sports deal with that. I mean, I understand not during backswings, and yeah. I get that. But, you know, nothing's going on. Let them be fans. Uh, Tiger uh, bogey two of the final three holes right. to kind of fall out. He does finish tied for fifth. And if you're ultimately going to write the storybook finish or the ultimate screenplay for Tiger in this right. tremendous comeback – you probably don't want that first victory to be in a, in a tournament like this. You want it to be in Augusta here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. You want Augusta or wherever the U.S. Open is this year. I mean, you want something, right? I mean, I could not agree more. Uh, that was a huge storyline. And then, of course, uh, if you look at uh, other storylines that caught some attention, of course, uh, Elvin Gentry going off earlier in the week. He goes on an epic rant. In case you missed it uh, yesterday, the Pels do take care of business over the Celtics, 108-89. to In fact, Jake Martin was in the house. He was. Out, hanging out in the suite. What? That's why he couldn't come to work today. Well, I, I, don't, I don't blame him at all. I yeah. would have been, yeah. I, you know, Jake, I gladly filled in for Jake today. Mm. But he, he didn't ask me to fill in the other spot. Mm. I came here to hang out with you mm. instead of the other thing. Pels went into that game uh, losing four of their last Five, they respond with the big win. Anthony Davis had 34 points, 11 rebounds. They are now sixth in the standings. Very nice to see that Anthony Davis's ankle wasn't serious. 
Um, this team is just – Aaron, this team is exciting. I mean, it's got me watching Pell's basketball. I'm flipping back and forth between that and Sweet 16. I mean, my wife is sitting on the edge of the bed screaming. That, Yeah, that's, that's pretty sexy too. Wow. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but – there's something about this time of the year. Yeah. It's just with free agency and all that. It's just crazy. This uh, is the best. Uh, for Gentry and his epic run, he uh, does lose about 15 grand for it as the NBA finds him. Uh, other news, and as I mentioned, I was in New Orleans over the weekend, and the news comes down that, of course, uh, time, the passing of Tom Benson. Yeah. And I, maybe it was just because of where I was at or I was hanging out with probably majority of uh, tourists. I thought there would be more public uh, display with uh, the passing of Tom Benson. Yeah, I mentioned that to you before the show. Uh, well, you mentioned that to me, and, and I said, you know, Aaron, I was going to ask you that. I expected, seriously, not not mm. being funny, I expected certain areas, especially downtown around the stadium, mm-hmm. like flags being half mass, and and it being. But maybe it was just coinciding with St. Patrick's Day, yeah. and it was a reason. Not that New Orleans needs any reason to have a party. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's how they handled it. Some people handle grief different, and the city handled it by getting completely inebriated. Uh, the other thing that, of course, uh, stands out, and, of course, it will continue to play out, what does this mean now for the Pels and the Saints as they move forward? Yeah. The nasty, of course, uh, fight that they've had over his estate. And, of course, it comes out, Tom Benson basically leaves everything to his third wife, Gail Benson, and uh, right. the strange family gets left out of the will. Huh, man, you know, his whole life, I was reading a story the other day about his whole life, and it, and it's, it's he's had a lot of pain and, and grief and stuff in his life, along with, you know, the, the man's was died a, a billionaire, so mm. we're not, but that's got to be difficult. And any time something like this happens, it, it makes no difference what, you know, people come out and say, hey, look, Saints are staying here, Pelicans are staying here, nothing, it does got to make you a little bit nervous, though, yeah. that somebody's not just going to write the ship, sell the team for billions, and walk away. That that's that's got to be a little nerve wracking to us fans of, of Louisiana sports. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline slash Text Line. Hit us up. Coming up next, we'll also uh, discuss an eventful weekend in college baseball, including uh, the Diamond Dogs. Yeah. A big sweep against Rice. Morning Drive returns after this. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Aaron Kebo hanging out here on this Monday morning. We both had uh, eventful weekends. They're a little different, though, wouldn't you say, Kevin? A little bit. Little. I was. Mine was definitely uh, more family oriented. Uh, well, so was mine. I was hanging out with the wife. No, you were. Yeah, no, you, you, you were. Uh, All right. So let me ask you this. Yes. So uh, you were at Six Flags. Uh, yeah. Crowded. Six Flags. It, it was. It was a little wild. It wasn't near as bad as the Fort Worth Zoo, though. That uh, was. Uh, I, I will never do that again on really? a spring break week. Huh. And besides, I didn't think the zoo was all that cracked up to be. Yeah, I just didn't. Should have went just uh, saved a few dollars and time and just went to the Monroe Zoo. Well, it, okay, okay. Well, it was better than that. Let's, <laughs> no, no offense, and we were big supporters. No of disrespect. Monroe. Yeah, that's right. But no, it was it was much better than that. Um, so you don't handle crowds very well. No, I handle crowds great. What I don't handle well, crowds are fine with me. What I don't handle well, situations like that. It's like some of these parents just drop their kids off. They drop them off and give them some money and go, here, go. And, and they will run and knock people down, and they're yelling, and they got selfie sticks, and they're hitting people, and they're it, – it's it's just – you know, and we were with our granddaughter. Disrespectful kids. Very, and the way they talk, you know, and, and 
I, I don't know. It just who the world's we're in. We all know that though. We're yeah. a, oh man. I tell you what. It, it just I don't handle disrespectful and even adults are, are just they just run and knock people. It it's unbelievable how people act. Hmm. I, I don't handle that well. I'm fine with crap. You don't enjoy the people watching part. Uh, well, yeah, if I could have just sat down and watched people, that would have been a blast. Yeah. But, you know, being with a granddaughter, she wanted to yeah. see things. Yeah. And then you're standing in line. That's not exactly people watching when you're crammed in there like a sardine. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, a you know, another thing. It's, just, you know, the lines are so long. And thank God the weather was beautiful. But uh, it, it just people are rude. We know that, yeah. though. We know. Uh, well, I was kind no, of man. in a similar situation. Uh, enjoying, I bet so. <laughs> enjoying the St. Patty's Day Parade down in New Orleans. Uh, first time uh, being a part of that or, or watching that. And just to see the number of people down there, it was uh, absolutely incredible. But, you know, you know, you talk about standing in lines for a ride. Standing in yeah. line for a porta potty, though, is about, about as bad as it gets. Oh. When you're when you're forty, fifty deep wow. in, into that, waiting for that experience. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. I, having worked construction, I know what that's yeah. like. You know, I did that for eighteen, nineteen yeah. years, and that's it's one of the worst feelings in the world. Walking in when you can smell things twelve foot away, yeah. you know it's not going to be good when you get in there. And the other thing, of course, it was just uh, I, you could just feel some of those businesses. They were literally printing money. The, the amount of cash that was going through their hands and their employees' hands, you're like, wow. Yeah, I read an article. It's funny you say that, though. I read an article not long ago, and, and it was, I mean, almost verbatim what you said. Yeah. But then the flip side of that was the money lost in, in the ruckus, in the chaos. Yeah. The money that's lost on not getting charged for this drink or not getting charged for that one. Or, Pure cash business. Right. I mean, exactly. Yeah. And and that, that takes place sometimes, too. I would highly recommend it, though, if you have not been. And it's it's a family environment, too, to go down and check out the St. Patty's Day Parade down in New Orleans. Yeah, compared I was amazed, to Mardi Gras? I, oh, yeah. I was amazed at the number of people down there. It was it was a cool event. But compared to Mardi Gras, you've been to both. Uh-huh. So, uh, equal? Yeah. Just as fun? Yeah. Just as wild? Just as fun. Wild? No, I wouldn't say it was wild. Oh, awesome, it was very, very disorganized. I mean, literally, there'd be gaps of uh, five, ten minutes where there would not be somebody walking through the parade. See what you're saying. So, okay. so you had some downtime. Yeah. You had some downtime. Yeah, a lot of downtime. <laughs> All right. Uh, we continue to break down, of course, the NCAA tournament and other huge headlines from this past weekend. We talk about, of course, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. It rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Now it does. Hell, did you know what UMBC meant last Monday? No. No. Who did? I had no did, idea. Did anybody know what their name and their mascot was? No idea what it meant. Yes. Never even heard of them. Not going to lie to you. So where where do we rank this? Because, you know, we're all into rankings of how big of an upset is this? I mean, does this go down as one of those? It's never happened before. Is it, you know, you know, USA beating the Russians? Hockey? Do you believe in miracles? I mean, is it Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson-ish? Well, I got to tell you, when when you brought it up, I mean, uh, it got my loins turning a little bit because no, but that's I don't want ex- you to hear you talking uh, about your loins. I know, I know. Maybe I should have reworded that. <laughs> it got me excited, though. I'll tell you that because it, that is something that you and I could sit and talk for three hours about upsets and things. That has got to go into for me just because you know it happened when I was in college, and we just everybody some forget how dominant Mike Tyson was. And everybody says, well, you always have a puncher's chance, and Buster Douglas certainly had that. I mean, the the miracle on ice, I mean, literally I was, what, 
you know, nine years old when that took place. Yeah, and then for me, it was, uh, do you remember Game 7 of the National League Championship Series, the Pirates and Braves, Francisco Cabrera, where is he today, hits that single, and Sid Bream, the slowest slowest white guy in America. You look up slow in the dictionary, there's a picture of him smiling. (laughs) Scores from second base, and I still think maybe he was out at home play. But in the ruckus, so you're of it saying all, that's the greatest upset of all time—the no, no, no. fact that he could get around from second base. That's what made it crazy. It wasn't just—I mean—that happens in baseball all the time. Yeah. But the fact that it was Sid Bream scoring made that what it is. And for me, watching live—that that was one of the the mm. the greatest upset slash comebacks I've ever mm. seen. Mm. Yeah, that was crazy, wild. Hit us up eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. We did have some college baseball over the weekend. I don't know how many people had the odds of the Diamond Dogs taking care of uh, Rice over the weekend and uh, went in a doubleheader on Saturday, 6-4-7-3. Pretty uh, fantastic way to start conference play for Louisiana Tech. Yeah. They go to 15-6 and now overall, 3-0 and in league play by taking it to the Owls. A couple of things that stood out to me, mm-hmm. we'll get into the statistics in a minute, but the fact that reported 2,006 fans were there on Saturday for the doubleheader. Then uh, 1,906 on Friday. Now, and everything that's going on on TV and sports, mm-hmm. and I understand it's easy to sit there with your phone and stay updated, but that's what program needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what that's what these local programs need. Uh, I didn't know that, and that's a that's a damn good stat. Right yeah. Uh, Skelton was tearing it up. He was five, uh, batted 538 for the weekend, Ooh. two doubles, a triple home run. He is on a 13-game hitting streak. Here's the number you need to know for the Diamond Dogs at the plate this weekend against Rice. They hit 365 as a team. On the flip side, uh, Rice bats a measly 189 and had 20 Ks against that Louisiana Tech pitching staff. And that Rice squad is is historically yes. a dang good program. Louisiana Tech's looking good, man. They, we, we've got a lot to our, – our baseball teams are locally – are looking very, very good. ULM got off to a rough start against uh, South Alabama. They had to salvage uh, yesterday. They end up winning uh, 12 to 6. They are now 11 and 8 overall and 1 and 2 in conference play. Against South Alabama, the Jags had really had their number traditionally. They had won 8 straight against the Warhawks. The ULM Warhawks do snap that losing streak to them, so at least they're able to get one. On the road this weekend. Yeah, it makes a big difference. The bats came alive in that last game, finally, yeah. Uh, LSU wins its series versus uh, Missouri. They end up winning yesterday 7-5. to five. Big news for uh, one of our local guys, Zach Watson, was 3-for-5 on the day. Two RBIs and scored two runs. Grambling and Southern, they played an entertaining affair or series, to say the least. On Friday, Grambling wins 10-6. to six. And then uh, this doubleheader, they went uh, 19 to 18 in 10 innings. Uh, team ERAs took a beating in that one. And then they, they fall uh, to Southern. But ultimately, Grambling ends up winning that series. Uh, 19. Wow. You know, there's just – you don't see that a whole lot. But when you do, it's just – that's a shocking score in baseball. That's – that happened a lot. And here's another score, and it shouldn't come as a huge shock, just considering what the Grambling women are going up against in the uh, women's NCAA tournament. They go down to Waco, and uh, they fall 96-46. to 46. Everybody knew it was going to be an uphill battle for the number 15 seed versus the powerhouse 
in Kim Mulkey and the Lady Bears. Yeah, that's not – well, you know, everybody knew it was going to be – yeah, that, that wasn't going to be an easy task. Uh, a few of the other headlines from this past weekend. If we missed one or two, you can certainly hit us up at 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we'll talk a little bit more March Madness. All right, Tabes pointed this out for me. Somehow uh, this was not on my radar this past weekend. Uh, the UConn women and what they did uh, in the NCAA tournament against St. Francis of Pennsylvania. Uh, who? Uh, so they wanted to run with uh, UConn. Perhaps, probably not the best gameplay. Any idea what the score was? Yeah, well. I, it was a 16 versus 1. Okay, and, yeah. and, and I'm sure St. Francis of Pennsylvania yeah. held their own yeah. until tip-off. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Uh, 140 to 52. Holy crud. Uh, the, the score at halftime is what is. The, the, 88 uh, points? Uh, the score at halftime is the most eye-popping statistic of all. You know, you what was the score at halftime? Yes. Uh, 94 to 31. <laughs> uh, no. I don't know how much of us watch women's basketball. I don't not, but is UConn bad or good for women's basketball? I would say good. Okay, I see, and, and I, 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 I'm one of those that believe the same thing. But I remember we got a, Fox and I got in a conversation uh, with with a couple of listeners last year about this. But my thing is always if if you want to dethrone them, dethrone. I mean, you just got to get. That's just the way it is sometimes. Uh, the they understatement, Gino's uh, quote after the wow. game, understatement of the year. Some games are a struggle. This was not a struggle, and it could have been a lot worse. Uh, uh, he rested his starters. None of them played more than 29 minutes. They were on their way to tournament records for rebounds, 69, assists, 38. They led 55-19 to 19 after the first quarter. That's the most points scored by any team in any quarter since the NCAA went to the system Three years ago. What was that score again in the first quarter? 55 to 19. Oh, my goodness <laughs> gracious. 94 to 31 at the half. So uh, there is no uh, Cinderella story for women's basketball when you have a 16 versus a 1. That, uh, and, and, you know, not not just because he's listening, Tabes. I say this about you all the time, but that man watches and keeps up with more sport. And, and we talk on, on, on here. And he keeps up with more sports at once. Than anybody I know. Mm. I don't know how he does it. I have no idea. We mentioned, of course, uh, the Pels taking care of business uh, yesterday versus the Celtics, 108 to 89. But one of the huge storylines over the weekend, Eldon Gentry uh, getting fined $15,000 for the league. We always love a good rant. And you always love uh -huh. when a coach has to come and back up his star player, his franchise player, Anthony Davis. Yeah. And that's what Alvin Gentry did. Let's hear a little bit of his yeah, rant. I love this. And why this cost him 15 grand. I thought we played hard. I thought we competed. I thought we did everything we had to to try to win the game. That's what I thought. You know, you know the thing that bothers me more than anything, and I don't, really don't care, is that, you know, we try to play the right way and we play our ass off. And then what happened to us is that, you know, AD never gets a call. He never gets a call. You know, we talk about them holding him. We talk about them grabbing him on rolls. We're talking about him coming under him on post-up. He never gets a call. Not one. And you know why? Because he doesn't bitch and complain about it. 
He just keep playing the game. And so then it comes down to a few plays in the game. You can't guess on plays when you got teams playing for playoff spots. You can't guess on the game. You can't guess on a foul. When a guy's got his hands on his chest and he's got his hand in and you call a three-point shot, that's not right. That's not correct. That's not the way you do it. And then you give them the ball back on another play when they undercut a player, that's not right either. That's not correct. That's not the way you call the game. It's not. And then when you can get technical fouls from walking away from a guy, then this league has really changed. I walked away from him so I wouldn't get a technical. That being said, I thought we did everything we could to try to win the game. That's a great team down there. They have a great team with a great player. You know, he's the, you know, to me, he's the MVP of the league. He's done everything to earn that. You know, his team got the best record. He's a closer. He comes up with big shots when he needs to. You know, and they got two guys, he and CP, that can close the game that are great, great players. And that's a great team down there, and Mike's done a great job coaching. But all I'm saying is that, you know, if you're going to do that, then call it both ways. You know, when AD rolls to the basket and AD's grabbed and he's held, then give him the same call that you would give somebody else. That's all. It's not right. It's not right. But you know what? We're battling our ass off our playoff spot. And all we want is to have the game called the right way. And I'll take the damn fine that they're going to give me tomorrow. That's fine. But that, I'm, I'm sick of it because we hadn't said anything the whole year. We hadn't said one thing about it the whole year. We talk about it, we send it in, we write it down on the evaluation. Can you please watch the screening rolls? Can you please watch them grabbing AD? Can you please watch them under him when he's shooting the basketball? Okay, okay, but nothing ever happens with it. And so I'm sick and tired of it. And so I'll take whatever they Oh, I love it. I love that man. You did take the, you did, you did. Dave, what was your reaction? You were like, it's about time, right? Yeah, it's, I, that's the fire I've been looking from Gentry yeah. for two years now. <laughs> yeah. I agree with Tabor 100%. I love that. So maybe that. he just had it all pinned up and he finally just exploded. And 15,000, I mean, come on. Do you think that was fine with the tapes? Was that, honestly, if that was any other coach, you think yeah, it's fine? Yeah, I mean, the, the league, the precedent they've set, if you're going to blast the officiating publicly in the media, you get fined. But I think okay. yeah. fifteen thousand—that's dropping the bucket, and I don't think Gentry minds paying it. Yeah. Right. Or Anthony okay. Davis, you can probably give him a few bones too. Yeah, it's funny. You uh, got to come to. You got to back your star player. Well, yeah, right. And then Michael uh, from Monroe, he texted in it, before that, mm-hmm. before you played that. Uh, the biggest upset is the Pels over the refs last night after the memo went out for no small market teams. Hashtag tinfoil hat. Mm. But, you know, my wife pointed that out uh, as, as, as we were watching that there, she thought there was some bad officiating as well uh, throughout the weekend with the Pell. So, it, you know, uh, I'm not sure if there is a conspiracy theory, but that's a couple different people that have pointed that out. Shane C. says right after that ESPN show, Cousins gets the most foul to call. I was called against him with yeah. AD being second. Yeah, and I told you I didn't see that. So that's uh, that's very interesting. To, to have that kind of gripe and complaint, and then ESPN show a stat. Uh, but so I, I like the fire from Gentry. Yeah. I really like that a lot. And you know it was just something he's been continued to say, and now he just goes public with it. And, of course, he lets loose during that rant. Right, right. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, hey, turn around. You, uh, you beat a Celtics team last night. Now yeah. you're sixth in the standings. That's right. And, uh, and yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking, Shane. I, I knew what you meant, like in their favor, not on them, yeah. So I, I think what Shane's saying is, you know, he went on that rant, and then next thing you know, it's, it's stats being shown that that Davis gets a lot of fouls called, to get, you know. So either way, but I like a coach standing up for their play, their star play. Mm. I love that. Randy says coaches just love to whine. Yeah, I, I guess some of them. Uh, that wasn't really a whine, though. That was just a – it's like he was chewing somebody's, mm-hmm. you know, what out that just was, that may not have been standing there with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty good one. That was uh, taking us behind closed doors right there. That's a really good rant, though. You know, mm-hmm. that goes down in the – and not best of all time by no means, but one that I'll remember. That could eventually probably make uh, some sort of a party a Top shot. ten. Yeah, yes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Uh, be, there were several rants, of course, uh, from this past week in the NCAA tournament. Uh, the first couple of rounds, uh, everybody looks at it. The, the best weekend that there is, that Thursday through Sunday, would you rank that up as the weekend you look forward to the most, Kevo? Yeah, I, probably so. More than a Super Bowl weekend. Uh, yeah, because. College football semifinal weekend uh, now. And it's so tough. I, it's Yeah, it's darn close, man, because. I had a buddy of mine who went to these games in Dallas, and and I didn't realize. I, I don't know. I never think about going to these games. He paid $130 hmm. and got six games. Nice. So, yeah, when you think about you can go and watch these games like that and then the upsets and the and you never know what's going to happen. And Man, it's pretty dang close here. Mm-hmm. It is pretty dang close. If there was a person out there or two that maybe spent uh, some time in Vegas over the weekend, we'd love to hear what that experience is like or perhaps if you've done it in the past. I think ultimately that would be a pretty cool darn weekend. I put it on my bucket list just being able to spend four days out there if you could somehow get a uh, seat to a sports book and sit there and enjoy the hoops for the entire weekend and, of Mm -hmm. course, have a dollar or two to wager. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Years. <laughs> if you're sitting there, not oh. not a wager or anything. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't do it. I would have to bet something. Yeah. I mean, I, and then years ago, I, I had the pleasure of going to like a, a UNLV. I believe it was UNLV in Texas or Texas A&M. Years and years ago, and that was one of the most electric atmospheres. Uh, that big time college basketball game was. Mm. That was special, man. Mm. That was special. Oh, by the way, uh, I believe it was Bobby. Texted in and said, "How about Coastal beating Arkansas State, twenty-six to fourteen in baseball?" Mm. I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, no pitching. Talk about no pitching. Well, you don't as see that. Bruce often. Petty told us uh, numerous times last year. It does happen in college baseball occasionally. Yeah, it just and it, it, I guess I'm not looking at college baseball stuff this week. With everything that's going on, it kind of slips my mind a little. Uh, the number one headline from this weekend from March Madness. It has to be the, the number of upsets and, of course, now what that bracket looks like uh, going into the Sweet 16. Hey, let me ask you, other than, of course, you, you know, Virginia, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and I don't know if we've talked so much basketball, I don't know if I ask this, but upset, I mean, UNC, you know, the, the Cincinnati thing, uh, Xavier getting beat, other than Virginia, which one sticks out most for you as – the fact that Loyola Chicago that they were able to do it in back-to-back games, 
and that they're still in the Sweet 16. Very, very good point. Yeah. The and only problem is with a lot of these teams now, and if you are able to make it to the Sweet 16, and we all know the Calvary competition certainly gets better, but now is the major issue with these teams is they go back on campus, and, of course, uh, they'll get the number of slaps on the back, and I'm sure right. they'll have a good time, and they will be the toast of the campus and the big men on campus. Mm-hmm. How do they handle this success now as they turn around and go into these matches? Again, do they let it like, – like I think some of the big teams yeah. – let their success get in their head, you know. Will these? I'm and I'm rooting for teams like Loyola of Chicago or yeah. So at this point, Aaron, do you find the most regional team and start rooting for them? Well, that's Kentucky, what I was thinking. Well, that, then you look at you know, do we really want to root for Texas A&M and the Aggies? I think that was probably one of the biggest surprises yesterday. Perhaps maybe not that they beat the defending national champs in North Carolina, but the convincing fashion that they did it in. I mean, as that second half is playing out, you're thinking, all right, at some point, the Tar Heels are going to make a run at them. And, you know, I, and I truly feel like, I, I, and I think listeners may, may not, they may agree with this, but when an SEC team wins, it's good for the SEC. Because, you're one of those SEC guys. No, not at all. Not at all. But I'm, I'm like this. If, if LSU can't be in the tournament, then I don't want any other team in the SEC uh, to win. That would be like me. I'm a Bengals fan. Me wanting the Browns or Steelers or Ravens to win. I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. So I would rather somebody outside of our, you know, conference that win. I, I don't like the other teams in our conference. Mm-hmm. Although I know it's good for it, for recruiting, if it does happen. I, I just don't. No, I don't want to see somebody else win if our team can't. So I told you what I thought were the biggest upsets. What's the one storyline that you thought was the best? I, I got to tell you. uh UNC getting A and M beating UNC, uh, but between Aaron, I, th- I think it was between that and Cincinnati losing the twenty-two point lead. You cannot do that. It, it, you can't do it. Nevada down by twenty-two with uh, less than eleven minutes to go, and they come back and they put together a thirty-two-eight run to uh, knock out Cincinnati. Yeah, it was just as I said again. It, a lot of other people pointing out, uh, you know, Arizona as yeah, a number four seed versus Buffalo, a number 13 seed, and what Buffalo ended up doing to Arizona. But you look at all the drama that uh, Arizona's had throughout this year, it kind of only seems appropriate that this takes place in the first round for them. Yeah. There's a lot of teams, and, and uh, Arizona is just – that's that's a program that's in shambles. It's It's not – it's not looking good for Arizona. And, and I don't know, during this offseason, I, I was reading an article yesterday, or maybe the day before, in D- Dallas newspaper, and it was talking about how that team is, is, is win or lose, they were facing a big shakeup anyway. This has just solidified it. Yeah. 888-993-7762, your biggest takeaways from a memorable weekend. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, the coach, Jack Thigpen, joins us on the morning drive. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.